0: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 234 of the Co-op Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Billy Jr., and today I'm joined by Mr. Gary A. Swaby. How's it going, Gary?
1: Hello. Happy Sunday. Good to be back once again. How are you doing, Rich?
0: Doing pretty good. Uh, Looking forward to talking about some of these uh, very interesting topics today. (laughs) Um, We're also joined by uh, Ms. Dana Abercrombie. How's it going, Dana? That's good. And we are joined by Mr. Jake James Lugo. How's it going, Mr. Lugo?
2: I'm doing good, Rich. Uh, A lot to unpack today. Some good stuff to touch on and some things to kind of you know discuss overall. So I'm ready.
0: Absolutely. Sounds good. Uh, We will not be joined by Mr. Max Muller today because he had to take care of some other business. So we'll definitely see him on a future show. But uh, yeah, pretty much... uh, there was a couple of things that happened newsworthy this week as well as something that happened today which we will get into a little bit later but uh before we get into any of that we want to let you all know what we have been playing so mr lugo how about you start us off and let us know what you've been playing
2: so i've been a busy book as usual i've been trying to get some stuff done on the website so i've been doing a combination of playing some games some new stuff some betas as well as also doing some other content unboxing content that we have now on the website so quickly you know, after you guys check out this co-op live show, if you're watching it later, definitely check out our unboxing and impressions of the PlayStation Anthology book that we have up now on the website. It's, in my opinion, personal opinion, a must own for any PlayStation fan, any PlayStation enthusiast out there. Or if you're just curious about gaming history and things, you know, surrounding that, this is a must own. Uh, and the cool thing is, is that we have that up now. But later this week, we're actually going to have one also from the same publisher, which is Geek Lines Publishing for the N64 book that they have. It's all about the N64. So these are cool things that I'm fascinated with that we're lucky enough to bring to you guys. But besides that, and besides checking that out, uh, I've had chances to play, or at least had a chance to finally play Super Mario Odyssey. I finally got a copy for my Nintendo Switch. Uh, I'm happy I was able to do so, and I've been addicted to it ever since I started it. That same day, that evening, I just was going all in, playing the game a lot, getting those moon sprites, and really, really, really having a lot of fun uh, with that game. It's definitely as good as what they say. This is probably would have been one of my game of the year picks or at least, you know, something potentially to be game of the year if I played it back when it first came out. But at least I'm glad I'm able to play it now and I'm really enjoying it. And I can't wait to dive into it more later today. Now, two of the other things I've been playing, which we'll probably get into in just a bit because I want to give some impressions. Uh, I've had a chance to dive into the Dissidia Final Fantasy NT beta, which I played a lot of the last few days, which is a stable beta. It's pretty good as far as uh, compared to when it originally came out with its closed beta. The first time that it was put out on PlayStation 4, a lot of people weren't able to get into a lot of matches uh, because the, the matchmaking wasn't all that great. But this one seems like they've really improved. They've done a lot of whatever it is behind the scenes where I'm able to get into more matches, both in ranked and casual matches. Uh, the other thing that's pretty cool too was that they included other content that's going to be featured in the final version of the game. They have some cutscenes from the story mode, which by the way, personally for me, I don't like the way that they've implemented your progress in the story mode. They've had this very, very uh, similar uh, approach to gaining uh, what's called tokens or story tokens or narrative tokens, as well as also treasures which unlock various unlockables, including music, including outfits, including customizable weapons for your characters of the entire roster. It's very similar, if I had a good comparison to it, to Overwatch and to Destiny 2's uh, loot drop system. Basically, every time you finish a matchup or every time that you win a matchup, you gain a certain amount of experience towards your player level and towards your individual characters. So everybody that you choose on your team, your character and your teammates, you know, especially if they're AI-controlled uh, comp- uh, uh, partners, you actually gain experience for them depending on how the matches go. And every time they level up and every time you kind of progress in your player level, you gain these tokens to not only redeem for extra unlockables but also to progress in the story mode now personally for me i don't think that's really good if i'm playing a story mode i want to be able to just play it through without any sort of restrictions to stop me from being in that mode to make me go play something else i think that's really annoying now from what they say in the beta they say that uh the story mode itself in the final release of the game is going to have battles in it that you're going to have to play through you're going to have to finish and you're going to have to do all this different stuff however Watching cutscenes and trying to advance to the next node on the story mode because they have it on like this map nodes uh, type of layout where you'll be able to choose different paths, I'm guessing, in the final release. Uh, I don't like the ability of just having to come out of there go play uh, the arcade mode, which is just like the gauntlet that they have, or go play in the online modes in order to progress in the story. If I'm in the story, I want to stay in the story. So that's like it, the one real negative I could say about this game. But other than that, my only other nitpick from what I've seen in the open beta thus far and having been exposed to the city of final fantasy for an extended period of time at this point more i think more so with the maybe the exception of gary uh, on this panel because i know me and gary have played it at e3 and stuff but basically my biggest issue is with the matches is when your partners are constantly getting killed and you end up losing the match without any sort of influence to uh was it to what your contributions are? Like, let's say you're in a matchup against other opponents, maybe online or against the computer and you're doing really well. You're on top of your game. Your teammates could cost you the match really quickly before, you know, it. and I think that's a problem. I think that that kind of sucks. And maybe a part of it is due to some of the strategies and the approach to some of the battles you have to take. You know, you have to be a little bit more conservative or really play to supporting your teammates, but depending on which character you choose and what role and type of character they are. But, in my experience playing a bunch of matches with the online beta, most of the time when I ended up losing was because my other two teammates were the ones that were getting dogged on or were getting just destroyed or even... When something crazy would happen and it would be nothing involving me, it'd be like on the complete opposite uh, end of the map and all of a sudden we'll just lose the matchup. And that really sucks because when you're playing there and you feel like you're doing good or at least you're trying to contribute to stuff and all that happens without your influence, that could be a real doubter. And that just doesn't happen online. Let me make that clear. That is obviously a thing that could happen with online matches against other players, but this happens frequently with the computer in the gauntlet. And to date, I mean, I've gotten close to finishing it, but to complete the gauntlet, you have to play through six matches. Sometimes I'll cap off at four or five because of that reason. It'll be because of like something really stupid. So that's at least my experience with the city of final fantasy uh, beta. And then finally I'll touch on really quickly because there's only so much to talk about with this beta. As of right now, the dragon ball Fighter Z or dragon ball fighters beta that's going on right now. It's an open beta at the current moment. Yesterday it was an open beta for just the pre-orders for people that pre-ordered the game right now. And then previously to this, uh, uh, was it last year, or at some point in one of the months last year, they had a closed beta, which I was a part of, and I was able to play the game, at least in that regard. For now, I have not been able to get one game in with this game at this point. I've been all day before we've actually been uh, getting onto this co-op podcast, you know, to talk and stuff before we got on the show. I was on matchmaking for both ranked and casual matches for over an hour. And the sad part is, is that there's players there, there's people there, but for whatever reason, the matchmaking is just not good and just people are not getting matched up together to fight in the matches or at least play the game. You could go in there if, if you're finally able to log into the servers, which was a whole nother issue in of itself when I first got online. But... You're able to play the tutorials and actually go through the whole training mode and actually see some of the systems at work. But for whatever reason, a lot of people are just not getting matched up to fight each other in ranked or in casual matches. And that really sucks because it's not just me. It's a lot of other people. And that could also be for a number of different reasons for some of the servers on the different coast, the, the, the beta went live I believe at 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and already now at this point like we're past like 1 30 almost 2 o'clock now on the East Coast and there's a huge number of problems so I'm hoping Bandai Namco does something because I don't want this to be in the final release granted the final release is going to have other content is going to have the arcade mode it's going to have a story mode it's going to have all these other stuff but a lot of the people that are getting on top of this game are going to be playing this game online and that would suck to have these types of problems there I want that same experience that I had with the other previous beta that I was a part of because when I played it then I was actually to get into matches really really quickly and there was a lot of people just as much now that had it back then that was part of the closed beta that signed up i mean granted obviously not everybody in the world so there's not as much stress on the servers and all the different types of stuff going on behind the scenes but there were still players on the servers that i was actually on like at least over 60 something people and it's the same thing here because each one of the servers in dragon ball fighters could hold up to about 64 people so i don't understand why is it that i'm not getting matched up to others you know to fight them so that's just my impressions that's what i've been up to i know it's a lot to swallow there's a lot to unpack hopefully by the later today things might have changed and then obviously when the game comes out you know for both dissidia and also for dragon ball fighters we get some more insight of what's going on
0: absolutely uh one thing i will say real quick i I do know that uh right now they are talking about extending the beta um so i don't really know any details yet about how long they're gonna extend it for. But yeah, the, I can also say I've had a lot of issues uh, connecting in, into matchups in that game, but I'll get into that when I talk about what else I've been playing. But uh, yeah, sounds good. So uh, Dana, how about you let us know what you've been playing?
3: Um. um okay, so um, I guess it's just, what, would we, what have we been playing? What have we been unboxing segment? Um. Basically, I want to say that I have been catching up on based books. And if you go on the Coalition website, you will see review for two books that I did. I have two more coming up. It is um, DC Icons have, is starting to do their own. So it started with Wonder Woman, Batman. There's going to be a Catwoman series, there's also Superman that's coming up in 2019. Basically, I did a review for one of the Batman books, and it's wonderful, love it. Another one is called Warcross, it's by the same author, Marie Lu. Um, her book is based on a video game called Warcross, and it's kind of similar to Ernest Klein's Ready Player One. That's also, so you can check that out on the website. Also coming up, there is the Wonder Woman, a part of the DC Icon series. And really quickly, there's a Jason Siegel. He wrote a video game-based book called Otherworld, which is again, similar to Ernest Cline's Ready Player One. And I think because of the movie coming out, we're gonna see a lot of more books. Now, far when it comes to what I've been playing, I haven't been playing as much as other people. So I'm, I'm gonna be a little bit shorter playing um lego dimensions which is just something that i've been doing casually is just to like to tone down and relax and because of the batman dc icon book i did start playing arkham asylum again which is a really great they're great companion pieces two together I've, I've been playing
0: sounds good yes and uh, I would definitely encourage everybody to check out the, those reviews as well on the website. I really uh, want to read that War book as well.
3: <laughs> it looks good. Yeah, yeah, I'm telling you, the Warcross book. For like you, are, you already know, like the journey of the book that I've been on.
0: Every day. And and, and I believe you both said you're looking forward to Ready Player One, right? Because I know you have read that book, Gary. So uh, are y'all looking forward to the movie? I'm well, it's called Tracer. We'll yeah. say what? Go ahead, well,
3: go ahead. Oh, no. I'm looking forward to the movie more than I was the book. To me, I, would, I tried. I really did. But I didn't enjoy the book as much as Gary. Gary, for me, I think kind of overhyped it a little bit. So I was like expecting, because oh. like, this is the scene with Chucky. So I'm like expecting, where's Chucky? Where's Chucky? What's going on? You know, and it, it was okay. Uh, but I look forward to the movie. It's Steven Spielberg. And it's you
1: know a whole bunch of video game characters okay uh two things to say about that um firstly i'm looking forward to the movie only because i saw tracer in it but before that you know i wasn't i I wasn't too enthusiastic like i thought you know it might be an okay film you know but i'm not expecting it to be like a masterpiece or anything and as for the book i've actually been accused of overhyping it before um but like, my thing is with Ready Player One is I'm a fan of the concept of the story uh, more so than the actual story and the writing itself. Like, isn't the most seasoned uh, novelist out there. So, no. you know, the actual writing isn't great. Like, it's not, you know, you can't it's compare it to... Of,
3: and it's a lot of repetition. It's, six, I, it's like 61 pages of him just explaining... Yeah, the game and the environment over and over and over again.
1: Yeah, like I wouldn't, you you know, I I wouldn't compare this book to like classics or anything, you know, like classic books and stuff, but and classic literature. But, but, you know, the concept of the story is what I really love. And, um, you know, I just I found some of the references cool to like, you know, the references to old, you know, 80s and 90s stuff.
3: I Um, will say if you are an 80s fan or you was a part of that decade, Definitely check out that book and the movie solely based on how uh heavy detailed it is it's it's very enriching
0: yeah, sounds good <laughs> all right so uh I'm gonna go next and talk about what I have been playing. I did play a couple of things, so i'm I'm gonna try to keep mine uh relatively brief uh I also did play or try to play the uh Dragon Ball Fighter Z beta. Um, I can say that I did try to play it yesterday. I now I, I know that there were some people. A lot have said that you only get it the beta if you pre-ordered it. But yesterday, I was able to download the beta on Xbox One, um, and I didn't pre-order the game, so I don't know if that was something that Microsoft did uh, just to give everybody uh, a chance early. I, I have no idea, but I had the same issues, uh, and that was that I couldn't get into a match. And then I tried again today on PlayStation, and I also couldn't get into a match. So they definitely need to figure out this issue. Uh, I know that they said they are going to extend it out a little bit further, that's good. uh, Because what I can say right now, based on my experiences with it so far, I definitely would not buy this game on day one. I would wait for them to sort out whatever issues they need to sort out with the servers. Um, And then, Maybe in the future I will consider it, but I definitely would not purchase that day one based on what I have experienced so far. So hopefully they figure it out because the game is out on January 26th. So uh, we'll see about that. Um, As for what else I've been playing, uh, I actually went back to a couple of games that I didn't get a chance to play. So I got a chance to finally start Hellblade. And I will just say now, I, you know, I know that game got a lot of praise last year. I think it was is very much deserving of every of all the praise that it's got. First and foremost, it looks fantastic. Um, the story, from what I have played so far, it's 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 it has me very interested to see what happens next. They have a lot of different puzzles in there that they implement, and then of course the whole focus on mental health and what they're trying to tell as far as people dealing with that particular issue. I just think it's a very, very well done game. And the fact that this game only costs $30 makes me think to myself, there's a lot of games that, you know, cost a, a lot more to make um that aren't even half as good as this game is so far. So I'm hoping that with this game coming out, you know, Ninja Theory did a great job on it from what I played so far. But with this game coming out, I'm hoping that there is more games of quality that we start to see in the future from other studios. Um because this game is just fantastic you know as i said it's deserving of all the praise that it's gotten so far and i haven't finished the game yet but i will be done with it uh this week because i know it's not too long of a game but uh definitely definitely recommend for if you if you've been on the fence about this game you should check it out it's it's pretty awesome um next up i went way back you know considering that the inpatient is coming out uh in about two weeks I went way back, and I started playing Until Dawn. Now, um, I have to say, you know, I don't know. I believe you played this game, Gary, or you started to play it. Uh, Man, I I really love the game so far. Uh, I have absolutely no issues with it yet. Um, The fact that, uh, you know, you have to figure out these clues, so on and so forth, I I just think it's it's awesome. And then, of course, you have everything that makes you feel as though you're watching, like if you watch a bad horror movie, uh set in the woods such as a Friday the 13th so on and so forth it has that kind of vibe to it um and the characters you know some of them may appear to be uh goofy but they have different personalities but it's just like it's the way that the game is so far the way that it's been handled so far i i'm enjoying it um of course i still have quite a ways to go in that game i don't think i'm at the halfway point yet but um I understand that some people did complain about some of the motion controls, the different things you do in the game. I don't have an issue with any of that. I think it's it's really great. And I'm very curious to see uh, what Supermassive does with this series moving forward. Uh, but yeah, Gary, you were gonna say something because I, I believe you did play this game.
1: Yeah, I never actually beat it myself, but I did start to play it. And because I remember like uh, before it was released, I, I kind of thought, like, what the hell is this? Like, you know, I, I thought I wasn't going to like it. But, um, yeah, after playing it, like, it seems like a decent game. And I just want to shout out, you know, a friend of the show, Ramiz Quadri, because he's still yet to play this game. And <laughs> me and Carl are always, like, you know, joking about it, like the fact that he hasn't played it yet, um, even though he has it. So, yeah, um, hopefully he'll hear what you said, and now he might choose to play it.
0: Yeah, I hope he does, Uh, because, yeah, I mean, I I was surprised with the game, you know, and and a lot of the actors and actresses, I've seen them in a whole bunch of other TV shows, so on and so forth. So instantly I were like, oh, yeah, I remember that person. So, yeah, it's a very interesting game for what it is. Uh, I'm pretty sure I have more to say on it once I finish it. Um, But, yeah, definitely, definitely worth checking out. And, of course, if you have PlayStation Plus, hopefully you downloaded it when it was free. Uh, if not, I mean, it's still worth picking up, but yeah, fun game so far. But um, that's pretty much all that I have been playing for this week. Uh, so, Gary, how about you let us know what you've been playing?
1: Yeah, um, I did. well, this week was a very busy week, so I didn't have as much time to play stuff. But I did, you know, uh, play the main two games that I've been playing recently, which is um, PUBG and Overwatch. Um, and Overwatch has kind of taken over my life again this week because, like, you know, the mm. the Overwe- the Overwatch League launched officially this week. Um, it kicked off on uh, Wednesday, and, yeah, I've been following that very closely, even covering it a little bit, and, uh, yes, it's very... Um, it's an experience. It's a good experience seeing, you know, like, a game you love and seeing people from all over the world play it to, like, its full potential. Like... I'm amazed every time I see South Korea like the South Koreans play Overwatch like the things they do the their aim um their strategies and everything like it's just it it makes me think about like what I'm doing on Overwatch like I'm I'm literally just like you know wasting my time cuz I'll never be as good as these guys like you know they they're on a whole another level um of skill and you know precision and everything like that uh, but it also makes you appreciate how big eSports is growing as well. Like, it's really becoming its own industry now. Um, and, of course, you know, there's eSports has always been, you know, um, it's been making a lot of money over the past few years. And there's been a lot of other leagues, you know, like uh, for League of Legends and, um, you know, uh, StarCraft and other games like that. Um, but I never really paid much attention to it until now. And, you know, Blizzard are now selling out arenas. They got their own arena. Um, they've got, like, a broadcast team, commentators, you know, um, announcers and everything like that. Like, seeing it all put together, it's, like, kind of amazing, you know, like, to think that gaming is just it's being compared with, you know, NFL and NBA and WWE and all these other kind of sports broadcasts and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's put in perspective a lot. You know, regarding esports for me. But um yeah, that that's pretty much my week of gaming.
0: Sounds good. Yeah, Overwatch League is a big deal. So if you're an Overwatch fan, definitely uh stay tuned for that. <laughs> All right, so uh we got a couple of topics to get into today. Uh some pretty heavy stuff, other stuff, you know, a little light. Well, we're going to start off with the uh, impromptu Nintendo Direct that we got uh, towards the end of this week. Uh, Mr. Lugo, how about you basically give us a wrap-up of what you saw or what we all saw on uh, this week's uh, Direct?
2: Yeah, sure. No problem. There was a couple neat little nuggets of uh, reveals and good stuff that was in the mini Direct. One of the things that I said, and I told you before we started recording this, was that I'm not a fan of them having the Directs be put out and without an announcement or without any sort of like setup prior to it i think it's cool because it, it gets a little shock and it gets people on their toes and that's fine and dandy but i felt like there would have been more eyes on it if they would have just again told everybody this is when it's going to go up at this time and everybody would have paid attention to it or at least would have checked it out i'm just not a fan of that with that type of uh, that type of approach to putting out new content especially announcements for for upcoming games throughout the year but regardless though the mini direct went up. It was very short. It wasn't all that long compared to what we've gotten in the past with other Nintendo directs. Uh, we've got some new games for the Nintendo Switch. It was mostly a Nintendo Switch focused direct that had a lot of games that are coming out this year that do have dates or at least have release windows within the first half, I should say, of 2018, which is pretty cool. We got a couple of ports. From Wii U games that are coming over to the Nintendo Switch, which I think is great, including Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition, which was Hyrule Warriors basically on the 3DS, or at least the Hyrule Warriors on the Wii U with all the extra DLC combines within and other additional content into one package. But now for the Nintendo Switch, which I think is great for people that love that series, that love that game, we have a review of it over on the Coalition now, both I believe of the Wii U version and of the 3DS version. I'm pretty sure at some point we'll check out the Nintendo Switch version once that comes out, Uh, and addition to that okay we have Mario Tennis Aces which is another Mario Tennis game uh what makes this one special is I believe it's uh from the Game Boy Advance version I believe or one of the previous Mario Tennis games that was on the portables it had a story to it and this is what really you know being the first real Mario Tennis game or at least the next big Mario Tennis game that that does kind of like some of that influence for it's a uh, package because if you remember i believe it was mario the last mario tennis game didn't really have a lot of stuff it was more focused on gameplay it didn't really have any sort of story or other campaign type of modes or like pro tour or something but this one is going to have that and it's going to have other content it's going to have additional stuff i believe it's uh uh what is it some of the special moves and things like that that make mario tennis so so interesting so unique compared to like older versions of that game now uh they're going to have all that stuff but it's going to be on nintendo switch which is pretty cool uh in addition to this uh the big announcement that they had revealed finally officially even though we knew about this for a while because we heard about from software having the game running on Nintendo Switch Dark Souls uh what is it Dark Souls remastered now this is cool because number one it's Dark Souls and a lot of people that love that series are going to be able to play this on the go it's going to be the first kind of quote unquote portable version of this series if you really think about it, even though it's on the Nintendo Switch and that's like a hybrid console, but being able to have the ability to play Dark Souls game on the go, especially when you travel, it's going to have a lot of appeal to people, especially if you've been a fan of the Souls series for quite some time, or if you love Bloodborne and stuff like that. Uh, Who knows? That could also lead to other games in the series getting remastered as well, being brought to Nintendo Switch, especially if this is successful. I could totally see them bringing Dark Souls 2 and Dark Souls 3 to the Nintendo Switch after this. There may be some technical know-how or technical finesse they probably might have to do because obviously those games are very intensive on both the playstation 4 and the xbox one but i think that if given the time and given the effort and given the resource i think they could find some compromises to bring those games over to the system but we're going to get dark souls one remaster it's going to have all the previous uh, dlc all the previous additional content which is pretty awesome and it's going to be something that a lot of fans are going to love now besides this some of the other new stuff which i thought was interesting and kind of random uh, comes from SNK Heroines, which is a new fighting game. It's based on the was it female fighters from the King of Fighters series. If you guys remember, King of Fighters 14 came out not too long ago. Uh, we have a review up, up or on the was it on the website now that you guys could check out. But some of the heroines, the female fighters from King of Fighters, are going to be taking center stage in this game, and it's going to be from what looks to be a pretty legit fighting game that's going to be mostly focused on them. Very similar to what is it? Uh, I, I can't remember the name of the the fighting game but it was on playstation 4 i think it was like buster girls or something where it takes a very similar approach but it has a very intensive high paced uh, crazy action type of fighting system to it you know for a fighting game you know granted and I think this is going to be cool because this is going to be the second uh quote-unquote traditional style fighting game for the Nintendo Switch remember we have Ultra Street Fighter 2 the final challengers now on the platform and we also have Pokken Tournament which is also another game I'll get to in a second but this is going to be Pokken Tournament wasn't necessarily a traditional fighter it was a little bit much more unorthodox it was different It, it wasn't like a 2D fighter that what we've seen from the fighting genre constantly this is going to be that case and it's going to be focused on the SNK uh female fighters so I'm curious about it i'm curious to see how it plays i'm I'm really interested to see what other stuff it has along with it um the customization that they displayed there being able to customize the fighters with different outfits and colors and stuff is going to be very appealing to a lot of people especially on the nintendo switch where you could bring that console on the go that's going to be pretty cool who knows we might be able to see a game like that at Evo, and it'll be another switch game to go to another big fighting game tournament that'll be something interesting to see now, besides that, like I mentioned before, Pokemon Tournament. Pokemon Tournament is getting brand new content for Pokemon Tournament DX, including new DLC fighters, new support Pokemon, as well as also uh, extra options for your avatar. For me personally, one of my bigger picks for this that I thought was pretty cool was that we're going to get Blastoise as a playable character. And we also got a couple of the other, I believe is uh, from Pokemon X and Y, or Pokemon Ultra Sun and Moon. Uh, one of the Pokemon there. I can't remember its name specifically. It's one of those like more obscure type of Pokemon that's brand new, but we're getting new fighters for it. It's brand new content. That's pretty much a welcome addition. And it's going to come in, I believe in two battle packs that I know you could buy off the eShop. The first battle pack, I believe, uh, comes in like I believe in February or March. And then afterwards, the second one, which is the one with Blastoise comes sometime after that. Again, dates notwithstanding, I could be wrong as far as the time frame with them. But again, new content, that's always a welcome addition. That's always pretty cool. We also got new content for Super Mario Odyssey. Okay, Super Mario Odyssey has got a free update that I think you could get now, if I'm not mistaken, that has the Luigi, uh, was it, balloon challenges. Basically, you could go to any map or any stage in that game and kind of meet up with Luigi and actually hide a balloon for other players online to find that you can make these little challenges for other people. And it has leaderboards. It's going to have rankings. It's a little extra compliment to an already great game. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, there was a couple other announcements too, as well as, you know, as far as rundowns of like a few, uh, indie titles that they mentioned that they touched on, but really those were some of the bigger announcements from this mini direct again, shorter direct. A little unorthodox, a little surprising, but it still had some good stuff overall. A lot of the things that people were expecting for this Direct, we did not get. A lot of people uh, from the GameStop leak, as well as also the the way that Nintendo had been acting over the last, I want to say, month or so uh, prior to the new year, people were expecting a Smash Brothers announcement. Obviously, we didn't get that. It also, there was some stuff that was going passed around by Nintendo about Chibi-Robo. There was a picture of Chibi-Robo on fire that people were saying that maybe that's an allusion to either new stuff with chibi robo or maybe chibi robo and smash brothers different things like that but obviously that wasn't the case i feel like a lot of those types of announcements and a lot of announcements that we're going to get for other games including metroid prime 4 and any of the other big titles we're waiting on from nintendo we're probably going to get that in a future direct that'll probably be a little bit more formal a little bit more traditional where they announce it to everybody or we might have to just wait till e3 to find out what bigger stuff is going to come to the platform but there you go that's the nintendo mini direct in a nutshell
0: I I agree with that last statement you said, and that was a great recap of uh, the Mini Direct. Uh, one thing I did want to say about the Direct, I do know that there was uh, quite a bit of people that I guess they were a little uh, disappointed in this Direct. Um, as you already said, you know uh, they're going to save the bigger announcements for a later time. So, I mean, and one thing that I learned last year, I doubted the Nintendo Switch last year. And then when they had that E3 show and they just blew everybody away with all the announcements they had, yeah, that that pretty much shut me up for good. So I will not doubt them anymore. Um, I'm just going to look forward to, obviously, we figured there were going to be a lot of ports coming to the Switch uh, when they first announced it. So I don't have a problem with any of the stuff that got announced.
2: Uh, one thing i want to mention though that's important that i think we should acknowledge is that one i think that nintendo's almost kind of done with the 3ds at this point and also the next direct that we get in the next uh, wave of announcements outside of like nintendo switch stuff i think we're also going to get some more stuff from their mobile division including stuff on animal crossing i still also feel like we're going to get some more stuff for fire emblem heroes or uh, mobile and any of the other games that they probably have plans in the pipeline for mobile devices to continue with that nintendo mobile title type of train i feel like that's going to be another compliment we'll hear more about in a future date
0: oh yeah well i know they've already announced a pikachu detective game for 3ds um because i got an email about that uh so uh you know they still have a few things coming but yeah i think that they will slowly start to move away from 3ds and a lot of those titles will end up on the switch so we'll see what happens but uh Overall, I thought it was uh, pretty, pretty, pretty fine. Direct, you know. Like I said, I, I still haven't played Zelda. I still haven't finished Mario, so I, I really, um, I don't. I'm not really looking to play anything else new right away for 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 the Switch. I still have to finish all the other stuff that came out last year. So I definitely didn't have any complaints. And as I said, you know, I'm pretty sure there'll be bigger announcements as the year goes on. So I don't think anybody should be concerned about the uh, Switch right now. Um, but uh, Gary and Dana, do you have any thoughts on um the direct?
1: Um, so w- like, what do you guys think of the criticism that's going around about you know um there's a lot of like remasters and old games <laughs> being published on the Switch? <laughs> I think that's
2: nonsense. That's nonsense. Right now, if the people that are saying that it's only because they didn't get the announcements they wanted at the at the mini direct. I think that's a very a little bit of a lame, salty. Uh, criticism because right now there are games from the nintendo switch that's why the system's doing so well i mean we've been critical of the nintendo switch in the past especially at launch because obviously that stuff wasn't out yet and obviously there was a lot of unknowns and i still think there are unknowns that are worth criticizing the platform for uh was it especially the online servers which again we still are we're probably going to see more of that come down uh towards the summer or at least after the spring is when i believe that that stuff is going to go into effect but right now I mean, there is some remasters that are coming to the platform. There are some remasters out now on the platform, like including uh, some indie games and a few other AAA games. But again, the system's doing very well, and it has a lot of games right now at this point that it could get people excited. That really showcase it. So I feel that's a lame criticism, a lame thing to complain about.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh,
0: Danny, did you have any thoughts on the direct?
3: Port City. That's all it was. Was just a whole bunch of ports. And it wasn't I wasn't knocking it. I was just it was meh. Well you know, it was just Well, well here's
0: a well, here's a question though. What about the Mario tennis meh. game
3: though? <laughs> <laughs> um for the people who like Mario tennis. That's something that, you know, people are interested in. Um at most Maybe you know the the Pokemon Detective game. Interesting. I know that they have the movie that's coming out in 2019, so it could be you know. And I think that Pokemon fans will gravitate towards that. But overall, for me, it was it was just something that existed. I wasn't exactly. I don't have like this anger like people have you guys were saying there's like this anger because there wasn't any new games announced and I don't think that there really should be any coming up you know 28 you can't announce everything right now and it's in January you know what I mean so that to me real. I wasn't really surprised by that it was just it was meh
0: Yeah. Uh so hey, listen, we'll see we'll see what happens what Nintendo has in store for us as the year goes on. But uh overall, not 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 bad, not a bad show in my opinion. This is some stuff to look forward to. So uh and as I already said, I have to finish all the other uh Switch exclusives, so I really am in no rush to get another Switch game anytime soon anyway. But uh yeah, that's pretty much the Nintendo Direct wrapped up. Uh, so, we're going to move on to the next topic. Uh, Gary, uh, since you are an Assassin's Creed fan, I'm going to let you uh, ask this particular question. Because we do know that Assassin's Creed Rogue Remastered is coming out finally to uh, Xbox One, uh, PlayStation 4 uh, in March. So, uh, feel free to uh, share your thoughts on the particular question you wanted to ask about this series.
1: Okay, yeah, there was another question I wanted to ask about, you know, the whole series. But as for Assassin's Creed Rogue uh, remastered, I feel like this is a bit too late. Like, I I don't think a lot of people are going to care about that game. I think it might slip through the radar a little bit. Um, Because I remember when this game came out and I I believe that was the year that um, I think it was Black Flag came out. And um, so it was going to be rogue was going to be like exclusive to last generation and uh black flag was going to be no i think it was unity actually it might have been unity and unity was going to be um exclusive to to the you know new generation platforms ps4 and xbox one um and then you know i remember thinking back then i bet they're going to bring out rogue on on the new gen consoles anyway eventually but i thought that would happen within like the first year of it being released you know um with it with it coming out now um i think it's far too late and you know we we had that year gap of assassin's creed and it's just come back and we've just started to appreciate it again and now they're kind of flooding us with more assassin's creed content all over again um and that's only gonna you know Make there be more of a, more of a fatigue uh, feeling for Assassin's Creed, which is what we were experiencing before they took a break. So I'm not sure how I feel about you know them uh, mm-hmm. bringing that remaster out now. Uh, do you guys have any thoughts on that?
0: Uh, I I do have a comment that I want to make real quick, and then of course we can get everyone else's thoughts. Uh, The one thing I really don't understand with Ubisoft in in general is that, you know, when they do release these remasters, the, the timing can't be any worse. Now, we already know this is coming out in March, but this is the same time they're supposed to be promoting Far Cry 5, which is also coming out in March. And I know that back in 2006, around in November time, when Watch Dogs 2 came out, they also released the Ezio collection around the same exact time. So I don't really understand the timing of um, releasing this game the same month and then, you know, someone will then have to decide, well, if I want that game, you know, people don't have that much time to play all these games. So I don't really understand the decision to release it now. I think, yeah, it definitely could have came a lot sooner. Um, But I guess, uh, you know, of course, you know, they're thinking about, uh, you know, basically first quarter, second quarter, third, fourth quarter thinking about how they can maximize their profits because I know that initially Far Cry was supposed to come out in February and the crew was supposed to come out in March. Now, uh, of course, they delayed the game by a couple more weeks. Uh, and I think the crew was now coming out in the second quarter of the year. So maybe this is why they did that. I have no idea, but um, yeah, I, I think a lot of people wanted this game because I, when it initially came out, it was only on uh, the last gen consoles uh, right now. Uh, I mean, I could say that I am intrigued by the game. I really don't know if I would have the time to play it, though, because there's going to be other stuff out in March that I want to play. But, yeah, maybe a little overkill with the fatigue, but I think that this was done as a business decision to just get as many games out as possible uh, for that for, for the uh, first quarter of the year. But uh, I don't know if, uh, Mr. Lugo, you have any
2: thoughts on this particular topic? Honestly, I'm with you on that one. It's just a business decision. Why not? I mean, they have Far Cry 5, which is brand new, which is, again, it's going to appeal to Far Cry fans or Ubisoft fans in general. They have other stuff that they've already released through them that's on like platforms like the Nintendo Switch and other places, you know, PS4 and Xbox One. So they have a lot of new stuff right now, and they have new stuff coming down the pipeline. But, I mean, if you could get the extra dollars after putting out, you know, for putting out an extra uh, one of the games that have come out previously on one of the last uh last generation of consoles but at least still get more people to pick it up especially that fan base why not i mean it's not predatory in the sense of what we've seen with other remasters or re-releases where it's like okay why is this getting specifically a remaster or re-release like it's i don't think it's that bad like that
0: i agree i agree uh how about you dana any any thoughts on uh this uh remaster are you planning on picking it up
3: Sorry, I was muted. Yeah. Um. No, I just don't really care for, for, for it that much and I don't, being remastered, but there are people who are, Xbox 360, so when I still own it. So for me, it's not anything that I'm really caring about, but for other people who do and they wanna, you know, want it for the 4K for, you know, their collection, I think it's a wonderful idea said this is a business decision and it's all about the money and if you can play the game and it's the same stuff and you know people are, are wanting it it's for people it's i think that it's for you know people who really wanted it who you know because it was the last why not do it i think it's great but at the same time don't be distracted five, five comes
0: Absolutely. Okay, Gary, you had another question you wanted to ask about Assassin's Creed also.
1: Yeah, so, um, like, we know that, you know, the first three or, I don't know, might be like five, because there was some other games that came out between, but yeah, um, from Assassin's Creed 1, 2, and 3, there was, you know, an overarching storyline that involved Desmond um, and then, you know, they kind of botched it in Assassin's Creed 3, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't um, as good as it could have been. Um, but, you know, in the games that came out even after the whole Desmond thing concluded, they've still kind of tried to include the, the, the sci-fi narrative, like the whole, you know, um, this is your ancestor kind of thing. Um, and like, do you think it's just, it's time for them to just remove that completely now and stop going back to it because it's really not that good. And it doesn't actually add much to any of the mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed games at this point. Like I would rather it's just, okay, this game is going to be set in this country in during this period of time. That's it. Like just, you know, you're this character, go ahead. Like there's no reference to sci-fi world or to the modern world, to the future or whatever. Like, just, it's just that saying, you know, I think they should just do that because that's really all people care about. A lot of people actually see, you know, Assassin's Creed games as um, something that can teach history, you know, and um, like, it can give you a, a sense of what actually occurred at different points in time throughout, you know, history and stuff. And I think that's really its selling point. So they don't need to keep Going back to the whole sci-fi current world kind of theme, because um, what attracts people is that whole history thing, you know. So, do you guys think it would be better if they just scrapped the sci-fi stuff completely?
0: Yeah. Uh, one comment that I will make on that: uh, I haven't really played uh, really much of Origins. I, I, I mean, I, I, I don't think any of that is in Origins, but I could be wrong uh based on what I played so far, it, it doesn't look like it's it, it 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 you know is going way into the future. Um but again I I I haven't played enough of it to know whether or not that is the case for the whole game. Um I think they definitely should scrap it though because the original concept they have already when they decided to kill Desmond that concept was was done. So um I think they should scrap it and just stick to making it about the historical different things that happen in historical timelines but that's just my opinion
3: the the problem with me is that the game it's the series it's reality so when you start adding in all the science fiction element it seems to take it out of that element it's whole different and i don't like it you know and it makes the storylines even more ridiculous loses me so I think that they should completely remove it
1: yeah and um I can confirm as well that origins actually does have a modern-day um story about involved in it
0: oh well okay yeah okay yeah you're right then you, yeah you're right about that then they, they need to get rid of that <laughs> yeah I don't know i mean uh yeah we'll, we'll we'll see what they do with the series. i mean i i know that initially i think they said they will you know the next assassin's creed it won't be for like another couple of years so maybe this will be a regular thing i mean not 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 and not uh counting this remaster i mean this is definitely coming out but the next new game i don't think that's going to be for maybe a couple of years but who knows with ubisoft they may change that up i have heard that uh there will of course be another watchdogs and that'll probably get announced at e3 later this year but uh That's about it, you know, but yeah, as for Assassin's Creed, I don't know what they're going to do with this stuff, but, uh, yeah, I think they should get rid of the sci-fi stuff and just focus on making it the historical pieces for each game with no connection whatsoever. Then they would have more freedom to do other stuff and not having to worry about, well, now we have to explain how this person is related to another person and another bloodline. So yeah, but we'll see. Uh, any other thoughts before we, uh, Move on to the next topic.
1: Oh, yeah, just to summarize, like my thoughts, like because, like what I really value about the series is, you know, its accuracy to events that actually happen. And I feel like history is important because you have to know where you've come from to know where you're going. You know, and um, I've actually recently, over the past couple of years, I've actually read some historical literature and stuff like that. And I was actually like fascinated to find that um, there was like, you know, Romans and stuff that were in these books that were talked about in these books that were also in Assassin's Creed, like, and you know, it ties in directly into the story I was reading. So stuff like that is really good. And that's the strength of Assassin's Creed, I feel like. Um, So I think they should just stick to history like that. That's their lane, you know, that's the lane they need to stick to. Cause if they just promote that, um, they can come at a completely different angle with the marketing. Like, um, you know, this is a an interactive history lesson kind of thing, but it's not boring, you know, because we all know that when you're in school and you're learning history, like it's boring you and a fall asleep, you're gonna doze off, you know, um, and a teacher's gonna be shouting at you or whatever. Uh, but this game like is interactive and it's interesting and you're an assassin, like how that how can you be bored of being an assassin in, you know, in history? So i think that's just the angle they need to go with They need to stick to that and forget the whole modern day sci-fi anabis or or whatever the the machine is called um they need to just forget about that
0: i agree i agree but hey we'll see you know i i mean i don't know if in the future they'll they'll give a poll they'll put out a poll and they'll ask people whether or not they want them to continue with that approach i mean i don't really know if they'll do any of that stuff but uh I I do think a lot of people have also picked up on the fact, as you said, they just want to see where the game is set, is not worried about any ties it has to the present. But uh, uh
3: Friday at the television's winter press. Conference. Hey Dana, you're uh, is that yeah, breaking I'm news? Again? Sorry, sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a uh, yeah, we heard we heard you on the other end, so. You're fine now, um, yeah, but we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens with the series. That, that's all I'll say, but uh, yeah, a very good question. I'll be curious to know what people think about that. Uh, so we're actually going to move on to the next topic, and, and Dana, this is your topic. Uh, you can let us know your you know some of the things going on in the entertainment world right now. It's Dana there
3: Yes, sorry, slight technical difficulty. My computer okay. is revolting against me. Uh-oh. Okay. So, this um DCNDC, DC, which was basically a celebration of African Americans and is, you know, it's Martin Luther King weekend. So, during the event, they had several things. They had an entire, they had different panels that the CW came together and all of the different shows. So you had Arrow, Tomorrow, uh, Flash, Not Supergirl. It, there's another one. Anyway, point is they all came together in television. And I think that the CW, if you have watch watched any of their shows, they're doing a really great job with it. There's a lot of different people of Color, there's a different lot of people with um, concentrate on straight relationships and gay relationships, and they really wanted to celebrate kinds of people and all different kinds of love. And it's all about bringing the world together. Described. So you they also had and the artist, comic book artist and they all had different series of panel discussions and they had some screenings that focused on how we can bring enlightenment, and really interesting. They talked a lot about, as I previously said, LGBTQ, um, also PTSD. There's a lot of storytelling that involves that. Also during the event, they had a Black Lightning screening which is um, the CW's new show that's you know coming up in, in what are we in? Oh, it's it's next week basically. Sorry, it's Tuesday. Black Lightning is an African superhero show, which they really wanted to celebrate because it's not some there are African Americans in CW um, super you know supergirl and and d c legends of tomorrow to have a it's the main focus is an african american family they feel is something that's truly brown breaking and the show itself is powerful and it is something that's um the series deals with black lightning is already from the superhero world, so it's not like we're seeing like a young man. We're seeing an uh, older gentleman, probably like in his forties. He has a he has two daughters. first is mm-hmm. lesbian. The other one is straight, and they're perfectly okay with that, which we really wanted to highlight. Television shows Empire or they emphasize a lot on the African-American being a lesbian child. Mm -hmm. So it's very supportive. We understand and we're still type of thing compared to, say, Empire, when there was a scene where who happened to be gay into a trash can. Portray that to see you know both spectrums you look at other shows and you look at this one as well deals with a lot of african-american issues it deals with uh, so you know he's also dealing with that and he he to go back into the superhero life and if you're not getting like the flash type superhero it's more about how you can Better yourself and better your community and what you can do so it's like that message of being the you know your own superhero so that was um very I think it was very powerful that, that and they really emphasized on that also what was screened was Batman Gotham by Gaslight which is Batman in the three, against jack the ripper and it's originally was inspired by the one-shot graphic novel that came out in 1989 the the movie itself it's not a panel by panel uh recreation of that novel which was a graphic novel it's more of like inspired by so you'll get to see some elements from the graphic novel but they added a lot to it the animation is more like a steampunk and it has the sherlock holmes feel to it so what i was that you get to see Batman truly being a detective and he him having to use his intelligence. Remember back in those days, all of these great technologies and all this great C type thing. So he's basically going back to the basics and that itself was very interesting to see. The animation felt was it was just as well, but it was it was it was also at the same level of what you can see today. Um, I thought that, you know, again, it it was a really great show, um, movie. Now that that's going to be released, I believe next week on Blu-ray. So that is what happened in regards to DC and DC. Also, we have, um, uh, there's a situation with Aziz Ansari.
1: Oh wait, hold on, hold on, real, hold on real face...
3: quick. Oh, I'm sorry.
1: Um, yeah, it's just your internet was a a little choppy. Oh.
0: Um,
1: I don't know. If, is there like anything else? Are, do you have anything else open on the computer? Because like it was a bit, you were dipping in and out. I just want to make sure it's like okay for the listeners.
3: Oh, I, I have everything else closed.
1: Okay. Um,
3: Hear me
1: better? Right now it's okay, but like as you talk, it kind of cuts in and out. Oh dear. But Is is it okay now? Yeah, just just carry on for now.
3: Okay. Um, Aziz Ansari is now facing claims of sexual allegation of you know basically how it is told is it's borderline kind of borderline rape um they're they're very lengthy uh story that's told in very graphic detail about um anzari when he was around 18 years old him going on this date and it was basically one of the worst experiences of this young woman's life and how throughout the date he was just trying to sleep with her and it goes into very graphic detail and as we all know the me too movement is out and they're trying to get anyone who is assumed to be a sexual assaulter so this is stirring up rumors that his netflix series master of none may end up being canceled and it just picked up um a couple awards so We'll have to wait and see how that's going to turn out. Also, there is two TV shows that are in the works. There is John Wick works right now and it's going to feature Keanu Reeves. That's the big selling point of everything. So you're gonna just get, it's not gonna focus on Keanu Reeves, but he'll make like a, you know, like a special guest appearance until the show can survive without him. So, That's going to be um, headed up. Also, there is a Hitman TV series that's in the works as well. They recently came out of meetings and right now there isn't much detail about it, but it's going to focus on Hitman and his career and his origin. And it's gonna be very action-based. But I can say that the John Wick series is going to be produced by Hulu. And that can be, that's kind of come out if not twenty nineteen, twenty twenty. So that's it for today. Hopefully I
1: I did have uh, some quick comments about the Az the, the Azus uh or Aziz, however you pronounce it. I'm sorry. Is Izzy, Don't me. <laughs> Izzy. Um, good
3: Azus. Izzy. Izzy. No, Aziza, I'm sorry. I'm butchering it now. Oh no.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, so yeah, as for the Aziz thing, like I Like a lot of these allegations are going to continue to come out because we're talking about like, you know, 20, 30 years of history that people are digging into, you know, so this is going to continue to happen um, in his case, though. You know, this is fairly recent, it sounds, but like I, I just want to kind of uh, throw out this question, you know, there's no right or wrong way to answer it. But like, is, is there a point where we should be separating Um, Like the art that people create from their actions, because if we look at classic literature, like a lot of the classic books out there, you know, from uh, uh, Dan, what's that? Uh, Lovecraft. Um, I can't remember his full name. Like he's got a lot of classic books, right? But he was racist. And I'm able to separate the two. Like he made great books, but, you know, he was a racist person. Like, so I'm I'm able to separate that and be like, okay, he was a complete asshole. Like, you know, I don't agree with a lot of his thoughts, but his literature was really good. Like he writes really well. And, you know, in the case of Aziz, um, Aziz, the, Aziz um, yeah, <laughs> however you say it, his, you know, his um Master of None is a great Netflix show. Like it's one of the shows that I love on, you know, the network and everything. Um, so I, I don't feel like his that show should just be in jeopardy now, like just because this happened now. If if it happened, like the woman said, you know, that's bad of him. You know, he should be more considerate, especially because he has a book called Modern Romance. You know, you'd think that he would be a bit more romantic and considerate to to women when he goes on a date with them. Um, so I don't know how true it is. You know, it could be false. It could be, you know. Uh, we don't know we don't know all the facts yet you know we're just it's just speculation it's allegations and stuff but yeah i think people should be able to separate the two on some level you know until we have facts and until there's like you know at least like a trial or some sort of you know um settlement between the two parties like i think we should be able to separate the claims from the actual work that's being produced Um, But how do you guys feel about that?
3: Uh, that, That's something that, you know, I kind of agree. I do feel like there's a witch hunt. So you can easily say, you know, back in 2003, Aziz pinched my butt. And there's going to be like this outcry and basically this huge, you know, wanting to tear down this person in their career. And I do believe that you have to wait for facts to come out. But I do also believe that if it's something that a whole community is saying against that person, for example, the Kevin Spacey situation, where there are children that are involved that he has been allegedly molesting, that there is something that you have to say no and you have to put it on pause at least. So I don't know how much... waiting and how much facts it is that you're looking for. Now, if you're looking for like DNA swabs and that type of evidence, you know, that I can understand right away, but it takes a while for that to happen. So while I do believe that a lot of these claims and allegations against certain people are, you know, a little bit They're going after these people a little too much, and it may be a a witch hunt. And if they're basically hunting down any man that they can find, I do think that there should be some type of acknowledgement to the claims that are being made. And maybe everything should be put, put on pause for the moment.
1: Yeah, um, I, I do want to add that in the case of Kevin Spacey, I fully understand that because that was like multiple claims, I believe, and it involved, you know, someone who was a minor at the time. So I right, understand there that. Are
3: also, there are also huge cover ups. There's situations where Danny Masterson, who is on Netflix, The Ranch, it took forever for Netflix to say anything about or even to take him off the air, and they had proof. They had cases dating back years and years ago where people went to the police. Now in his case, he was involved in Scientology. In Scientology, they was able to pay off a lot of people and to sweep certain things into the rug and to intimidate folks. You have Harvey Weinstein, for example, where he actually used Russian officials like, as to discredit people so that their cases wouldn't be heard. And that was ongoing. Rose McGowan gives a very detailed interview about that. And so do other women. So at the same time, it's, it's, I can't say that we should just, you know, wait and see what type of evidence that we can find because there are evidences that is out there that have been covered up. So it's, it's really iffy for me.
0: Some, some, some very good thoughts. I, I do have something to say also, but uh, Mr. Lugo, I'm gonna let you go next. Uh, Speak yeah. on subject.
2: Yeah, sure. Because I have a, a number of thoughts about this, and it's going to tie in directly into what we talk about next with, with some of the other news that we're going to touch on. And I think I could speak a little bit about this because I've actually had friends that have been involved with this type of thing that have been reported in the new, in the news. You know, have been victims of sexual harassment, sexual assault, et cetera. And we'll get to that in just a bit. The reason why I only partially agree with what Gary's saying is because it's a much more complex issue than what a lot of people make it out to be. It's not as black and white, even though there are instances where there's complete uh there's complete guilt there's complete amount of evidence of guilt of people have done things that have been terrible that have been like horrible and they should pay for that where i think i don't agree so much with gary with on separating the person from the art form is because especially in entertainment especially in movies and tv uh comedy etc you're 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 kind of relating to that person you're making some sort of connection to that person through their art form and you're always going to associate that person that individual whatever it is that's going on with their lives with their art because they put themselves out there. They put themselves as a person, even though they play on a character. So in the case of like the Kevin Spacey stuff, it's going to be very hard for people to watch House of Cards with that back in, the, in their back of their heads, you know. especially if it involves children and stuff. People feel a certain way about that, and I don't blame them. I think it also is telling now, because we live in an environment, especially now after the Harvey Weinstein stuff, which is after all the political stuff that's happened with Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton and all those emotions that have really kind of culminated. It's where we're at now, Uh, There seems to be a lot of bandwagoning And a lot of uh, fads going around Or at least a big fad going around With with stuff that's happening With all these things appearing in the news Which I think a lot of the people that have done terrible things over the years Should pay for what they've done That They should be exposed And You know, they should There should be justice served to a lot of the people that have been affected by that. At the same time, though, we can't ignore the fact that there's been a lot of people that have been capitalizing on this uh, tidal wave of emotion and tidal wave of stuff that's been going on that have also affected a lot of people that haven't done anything wrong. Fun fact, okay, even though it's not in relation to entertainment or anything, there was a a court case and a a story that broke out, I want to say about a week or so ago for around the new year, where a guy was accused of sexual harassment or even a sexual assault. And it ended up being that the girl and their attorneys were lying, that they doctored they, they doctored and edited a lot of the stuff that was involving text messages and Facebook messages. And the guy lost two years out of his life and he swore up and down. He didn't do nothing wrong until not only a family relative and some other people looked really much more into some of the original material of stuff that was passed around that was submitted as evidence and found out that there was a lot of stuff that was going on that the the person that was claiming sexual assault the victim the the woman that had claimed all that stuff was lying so that's not always the case and that's not always the thing but let's not start going into this mentality of you know of, of, of everybody's being guilty until proven innocent. And I think that's a very dangerous line to walk on because people feel a certain way about this. And a lot of people are always quick to on social media and other places to say that that's victim blaming that are saying that you have to merely not believe the victim because of all these years and all these things that have happened throughout all this time where things have gone down and people have just ignored them. I don't think that's an application to every single instance of this going down. Again, it's a very complex issue and it's very nuanced. And a lot of people don't like getting into nuanced discussion. Uh, Like I mentioned before, I've had people that have been involved with this type of thing where they have almost been outright ignored. And again, I'll touch on that a little bit later. But Again, we still have to take things on a case-by-case basis. We still have to look at facts. We have to look at evidence. We have to look at things that have actually happened that could be proven in a court of law. So that way the people that have done wrong can serve their time and could be given their punishment and actually they're just desserts for, for the victims and for all the other people affected, but at the same time, not condemn people just for the simple fact of just he said, she said, and hearsay by random people or the court of public opinion, which I think is the most dangerous part of this right now. The court of public opinion in relation to all these sexual uh, harassment and sexual assault and rape allegations in both the entertainment industry, now the gaming industry and other industries out there, tech and all this stuff, has been the most condemning factor to people, even if they've never been uh, convicted of the stuff that they've done. Because no matter what, all these other people, just because you have that associated with your name, is always going to be associated with you, and it's always going to follow around, uh, follow you around, and in most instances, is going to kill your career, no matter what it is. And I think that sucks for the people that have been, uh, was it, been put into that same circle with the Harvey Weinsteins, with the was it, with the Kevin Spacey's, with the Louis CKs, and all this other stuff, and yet they've never really done something like that. So again. Take it by a case-by-case basis. Understand that it's very complex, very complicated, and rather than have a mom mentality or a sheep mentality or scorched earth mentality of everything that's going on, at least take everything on a case-by-case basis.
0: Hey, very well put. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I uh, yeah, very well put. A lot of lot of very great stuff said across the board. I don't really have anything else to add to that. Uh,
3: But I just one question though. Sure. Uh, are we really able to separate the person from, say, the allegation?
2: No. I mean, because so, honestly,
3: right. So that to me, it makes it even harder of a decision of whether or not this person should have everything stripped away from them, even if it's something where you can never actually prove the allegation, because they never technically proved Kevin Spacey, and he's we never seen from him again.
2: That's my point, though. That's the court of public opinion. That's what I'm saying. It's so dangerous now, especially now in these days. And in the wake of Harvey Weinstein and how it's been so publicized and been so talked about, it's been so put out there. There's been movements, uh, again, at the Golden Globes, at the Grammys, I think it is, and all these other places. That's what makes it so dangerous. You know, Even though it's for a good cause, it's obviously to stop you know, terrible behavior in all these industries. Still, the court of public opinion, when it's applied to a mass, wide, broad stroke, across everybody could be a very condemning and damning thing again for even for people that have never done anything wrong but just being associated with that Automatically makes you guilty till proven innocent, and I think that's wrong. And it should be wrong because, again, if they've never, if you've never really done anything, it could be proven in a court of law that you haven't done anything. It could be there's evidence, there's facts out there. At the same time, there's the reverse of that. If you have done something, it's going to come to light, no matter what these people do. Even Harvey Weinstein, like you mentioned before, did all these different things, settlements, and all this stuff to really kind of prevent him from receiving any sort of repercussions. Eventually, this shit's going to come out, and they're going to get their just desserts like that. But. Having that court of public opinion where it's everybody on social media with the with the sound clips with the 140 240 characters uh, out there just uh, constantly just berating you and constantly just labeling you such and such even though you weren't that that's where the problem lies.
1: I think um, I think a lot of this is completely situational as well. Like in the case of Ken Spacey and Harvey Weinstein, that all the like you can look at the number of alloc- allocation. Um, Sorry, I can't talk right now the, the the number of accusations that came out, you know, and the the like their response to it, you know, whatever their response was to the situation, you can look at that and see that there's something to it, like there's something truthful there. But in other cases, sometimes it's just you know one person comes out and claims something, and we don't know whether it's really the truth or not because. You know, there's, I mean, this situation in particular that we're talking about is very new. So there hasn't really been a response yet or anything like that to it. But um, I do have one other, you know, example, Um, Nelly, you know, who's like a a famous rapper and everything. um, A lady came out and made accusations against him. And then she later dropped, you know, the charges and accusations. And then Nelly actually countersued her. And now that, you know, like you guys said earlier that's going to be attached to his name now but i'm not going to stop listening to nelly music like he's got two songs that i really like and i'm, I'm not going to stop listening to him now because of that because nothing was proved there um so like my argument was like i think before we you know look at their work and start you know judging it based off their you know real world real world actions we should at least wait for some sort of settlement or for some more evidence to come out that, you know, that is actually the case. Like, if Aziz um, if comes out with a statement and he owns up to it, then I'm going to look at him a, a bit differently because he does have a book called Modern Romance and a lot of those episodes, you know, in Master of None relates to dating and stuff. So I'm definitely going to look at it differently if it comes out and this is true. But um, I can't, you know, really, uh, I'm not going to change my opinion until there's actually some more, you know, evidence to support what's been said.
0: Well, hey, uh, good, hey, well, good, good thoughts. I I had some stuff I was going to say. I'm going to wait now as we get into this, this topic, obviously, the next topic.
3: And one more thing real quick. Sorry, they just greenlit. Expendables four, so
0: yay! Oh no, that's not good news.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right, so they they greenlit both three and four, or was uh, three was already greenlit?
3: They everything is all greenlit, all of it.
2: Nice. Because
3: remember, it was in in regards to the previous story. Remember all the sexual allegations that came up against um, Stallone. Yeah. So everything was put on pause, but. They found it to be, you know, not true, or they couldn't find enough evidence. So, the movie is back, back on track, and it'll have Jason Statham and Arnold Schwarzenegger and Dolph Lundgren and Terry Crews, Mel Gibson, Wesley Snipes, Ronda Rousey. Let's go! And, and <laughs> Let's
1: how go! Many, uh, how many more washed-up people are out there?
3: Yeah, a bunch. And their tagline is: "We are the shadows and the smoke. We rise. We are the ghosts that hide in the night." so that's what you can
2: expect coming interesting <laughs> i got uh, no problem with this whatsoever let's go <laughs>
0: <laughs> sounds good we'll be looking forward to that for the, for the for the people that are out there that are actually fans they can look forward to that um all right so uh before we get off of this topic of the stuff that we've been talking about we do have to address this because this was some news that came out today now, I want to say right now that uh, this is still a developing story. So there may or may not be more said on this later. But uh, this was a story that was initially reported on Eurogamer earlier this morning, in which they said that David Cage and Quantic Dream, they actually faced allegations of unhealthy studio culture. And in, within that, you know, as the statement says, they've been accused of inappropriate behavior, overworking staff, and then colluding in or at least turning a blind eye to sexist and racist activity that happened at the workplace. Mm -hmm. Um, There there also was a comment of about, I believe, 600 controversial Photoshop images that were sent out to various groups in which it portrayed sexual positions, so on and so forth. So a lot of this stuff, obviously, accusations, Now, the the most shocking thing, well, one of the things that raised people's eyes to it is, you know, they did mention that, you know, it's possible that that Cage, you know, he either was racist or sexist. And he alluded to the fact that, well, no, he has worked with Ellen Page, who everybody knows is a lesbian, uh, open. Uh, He said, so he says, this was his statement exactly, you know. You want to talk about homophobia? homophobia? I work with Ellen Page, who fights for LGBT rights. You want to talk about racism? I work with Jesse Williams, who fights for civil rights in the USA. For those of you who don't know who Jesse Williams is, this is the guy that is going to be in uh, Detroit Become Human. So um, obviously at this point, just allegations. There's not really any concrete information It has been reported on Eurogamer. It has not been reported on any other sites as of right this moment moment in time. You know, a few sites here or there, but not any of the major bigger sites. Not yet. Uh, No story from Jason Schreier over at Kotaku. Nothing yet. So basically just wanted to get you guys' thoughts on this particular situation and what it would mean for Quantic Dreams and Sony if any of this stuff actually is true um and how about you start us off mr lugo
2: so yeah like i mentioned earlier before the the reason why i mentioned that before where i had said that i've had friends in the industry that have been reporting the news that i've been involved with like sexual harassment like stories and stuff the one that i'm referring to is the one that happened with ign not so long ago if you guys missed it i think i don't know i'm not sure if we really talked about on the co-op podcast when it happened but because again you know developing stories and everything but basically uh the editor-in-chief of ign uh steve butts was fired and he was like, basically like, oh, but basically he was fired. That, that's the main thing. Jason Shaw reported it at Kotaku. He was the one who broke the story. And that was coming off the heels of a lot of the stuff that people had reported where all the staff members at IGN had taken a stand. Like they refused to work until stuff was addressed and things that come out. And how that relates to this is because if it was allegations of neglect a little bit. And also stuff like, you know, pointing out where someone had tried to make a statement and try to say something to HR and to him and about like sexual harassment or anything of the sort, and it was kind of ignored. Now, in this case, okay, since it's just developing, we don't have all the facts completely yet. It's so much similar where, again, things of neglect, uh, sexual harassment and stuff with the, the Photoshop images or statements and stuff that was said within the company. The reason why this has more credence is because instead of it just being two people or a few people like at IGN, this one in the case is like 15 uh, current and former employees. Now, obviously, I don't think 15 to 20 people like that are all going to be saying the same type of thing amongst different stories here and there. I think that it's maybe there's a lot of other complicated factors here at work that we just don't know yet. And I feel like we're going to eventually because I'm pretty sure there's going to be people that are on, you know, on the job now actually going out and trying to interview people, trying to talk to people and get the real story. Uh, I didn't know that thing about what David Cage had said over Twitter, over social media, which, again, could be taken either way. For all we know, it might not even involve him in the first place. Maybe it's just within the company. You know, it's him and also the person that we have met at uh, E3 in relation to Detroit Becoming Human, you know, one of the head people over there. The dream, you know, they could, they could just be having their names thrown into the pot with all this for all we know. And again, that's a very devil's advocate type of perspective on this. But again, we have to get all the facts as it's just developing. It just broke literally this morning, people. So we're kind of like finding out stuff as we go along alongside all of you. But it is kind of strange. And it does kind of, it's kind of telling because between the stuff that happened at IGN with Steve Butts and this coming out now, and I could definitely foresee other stuff at some point coming out as well in other companies, this could be another thing that's going on within the gaming industry in the wake of what's been going on in the entertainment industry. If this ends up being true and people start you know, getting indicted or getting called to court or all this other stuff and facts start to come out and it, it's all true like that, this could be the next big... Uh, instance of all this type of like you know calling out or this me too movement and this other things happening within the gaming industry because if you notice with the stuff that happened at ign it happened so quickly granted it came off of another story involving uh some of the employees that were over there again some of which full disclosure i've known and i've been friends with here and there in the industry but again this type of uh action or these types of behavior is never good it's never uh it's never welcome and it should be called out uh one of the other things that i think should we should mention because it's kind of really exclusive to the gaming industry, I find it. And I find it really weird why that's the case. This idea of like all the facts and the quote unquote receipts that are people commenting on social media, people talking about stuff in social media, but never really talking. It's like an indirect type of thing, as opposed to what goes on in the, inter- in the entertainment industry, or people are blunt, people are direct, people are upfront about what's going on. That could be a, a reason because of legal issues. For all we know, it could be NDAs, it could be other legal stuff that people are talking about behind the scenes. But with all this stuff that happens in the gaming industry, or at least that's now starting to come out about, you know, in the gaming industry, I think it's much more beneficial that if people are gonna comment about this, especially in the public forum, that they need to be direct about it, rather than just, you know, be tiptoeing around it again. That's without any sort of like knowledge of like legal stuff that binds people from here and there. It's not trying to say that, Oh, you can't believe the victims here and there. I don't think that that's the case. I think that if more, if, if these things are actually happening and you actually have the opportunity to go talk about to somebody about this stuff, especially a news outlet in this case that has been reporting, it, I think that people should do so. And again, who knows it can end up having some great impacts on the games industry as a whole in general, not just said the media outlets, not just some developers, but everybody all over the place. And I, and like I mentioned before, I do feel like eventually there's going to be other stuff that pop up, especially with so many things happening in entertainment right now that we, again, like we just talked about. And then now it's just already the beginning of the year. These are this and the IGN thing is the first stuff that's popped up in the games industry. We still got a whole 10 months or 11 months still to go. And I could definitely foresee more of this starting to become talked about more frequently.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, true. So, uh, any other thoughts on this topic? Uh. How about you go next, Dana? You have any thoughts on uh, this particular situation?
3: I just want to say really quick, I don't know whether or not it's true or it's false, but that statement that he gave was absolutely offensive. The fact of, I can't be homophobic because I have a gay friend or I can't be racist because I know a black guy. That is the most offensive thing that anyone could say. You know, so for me right there, I don't I'm just you could have crafted a much better statement than that. You know, there are serial killers out there who have friends who are still alive. It, that means nothing to me, so I I, I I hate that so much, but if the if it's true, you know, it's a very unfortunate situation. I know that they the pictures that they talked about they they are available on on online. If anyone wanted to see them. Um eh, you know, it's the type of environment that is not exactly comfortable. And I do hope that it's not real. I do hope that maybe it's exaggerated. But we just have to again, it's developing and we just have to wait and see right now. But if you're ever accused of that, please don't make stupid statements like, you know, I have a black friend and a gay friend. So it's not possible for me to be racist or homophobic. That's just stupid.
2: Quick question, Dana, do you think like with, with what's going on with like with Data Cage and some of the other people that are also being thrown into this, do you think they maybe should have stayed silent and not say anything?
3: I think, well, compared to the statement that they gave now, yes, but also I do think that even if you was to simply say it's not true, that right there is a statement enough. You don't have to go into these long speeches. I think that you just make yourself look even worse by the statement that was given true a simple thing this is not true period that's it that's all you need to to do is wait and see and and see you know what type of evidence comes up if there's any type of investigation that's all
0: absolutely all right gary uh what are your thoughts on this topic yeah um
1: unlike the the aces thing um there's a lot more evidence in this case to support the claims And it's from, like, multiple people. So I am going to take this as, you know, um, being a truthful claim. Um, But with regards to the actual game, Detroit, um, I wasn't that interested in it anyway. Like, I wasn't... It looks cool, but I wasn't, you know, um, excited for it or anything. So it hasn't really changed my outlook on the game at all, um, to be honest. But I could definitely understand if, you know, people start to feel differently about buying the game and supporting it you know after these claims have come out against uh quantic train
0: yeah i I mean i I feel like at at this point yeah we did see the game at psx we did get to meet a couple people on the team including one of the, the guys that was you know accused of this stuff and you know it yeah, the game, the game is, is fantastic. You know, it's a great game. You know, it's unfortunate to hear this type of news. Uh, and like I said, if it does come true, it it is, it will be unfortunate for the future of the studio, I would say, you know, because, but you know, Sony is fully behind Detroit become human. So, I mean, the game will still be out. The game is still going to come out. Uh, but what happens with David Cage, a company after this, Uh, once the game is out, that is what will have to be considered if any of this stuff comes out and turns out to be true. Um, Because it's not... uh, It's just a horrible thing. Now, of course, with the horrible working conditions, we always hear stories about, you know, a lot of studios, you know, putting the crunch on their workers and stuff like that. But, of course, when you now bring it to this side where you're now talking about all these other allegations with, uh, you know, involving harassment and racism, this is... None of that stuff should be tolerated in any work environment whatsoever. So it's not a good look for them. Uh, it will not be a good look for Sony if any of this stuff does go down. Um, and as I said, right now, it's just a developing story. We don't really know any other information yet. Uh, very curious to see if other sites are going to start reporting on this stuff because it just happened today. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens next. Oh, go ahead, Dana. Uh, yeah,
3: Danny, you you were gonna say something? Oh yeah, the, the, um, I'm just simply gonna say that you know, so far there are other reports that are coming out, but you know, we still have to wait about the facts. But there are other allegations that are that are being you know claims that are similar to what was already said earlier.
0: It's not. It's
3: um, not good.
1: It, 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 the, this is buddy, bad because um you know it's bad because it's <laughs> one of the uh, oh sorry was you saying something?
3: Oh, yeah, I just wanted to simply say also that um, both Cage and the other guy, whose name I'm not going to butcher, um, they're, they said that these are all just rantings of former employees. Which I think the more that they start talking, they're making it worse for themselves, so they should probably stop.
2: That that's why I asked before. Do you think at this point, uh, you know, when all this started coming up, that like they shouldn't have said anything? Like I don't understand at some point making a statement, like an official statement, because th- it comes a breaking point where you have to say something when it gets too bad. But when it's like this now, where things are just starting to pop up and things are, you know, if it's really the rantings of a bunch of former employees or and, and people that are just, you know, being uh, a little bit, little bit just angry and stuff at this point, do you really say anything? Or do, do you feel like the thing, the environment's gone so bad to the point with this type of stuff that you feel like they had to say something?
3: Well, at this point, when you have so far, you know, they have a very high turnover rate, and more people are coming out, you know, saying not necessarily about any type of sexual things, but also about the the depression, the not caring about other people, or, you know, the mental health of the environment, then maybe you you could say something. But to completely start dismissing people right away at the very beginning, I think may make it worse. Uh,
0: I I do have one comment. I want to make it. I believe, Gary, you were going to say something next. Uh, What I find interesting about this particular situation, I know when we went to PSX, um, you know, well, I believe it was earlier this year when they released that last trailer for uh, for uh, Detroit Become Human where you had the android and the little girl and the abusive father, I know that they got a lot of slack about that from the media, who, you know, a lot of times the media sees the video games and they, they see anything that happens in the game, they're like, well, oh, this is too much violence, this is too much sex, and yet we see this stuff uh, on TV every day, on in just regular TV shows, so on and so forth, but I know that when we was at PSX, they alluded to the fact that They didn't really like that the media just, you know, they don't really fully understand the concept of gaming or any of the stuff that they're trying to do with these with their game. So they didn't like the fact that the media tried to make them look bad. So I can only imagine now that you have the former employees coming out also now talking about this other stuff that's going on, how they operate behind the scenes and all of the stuff that they're the evidence of as as to which they think there's a lot of issues there. I could I could only imagine how the, how how they would feel uh, on top of uh, of the fact that the, that you know Detroit become human has already been slandered by the media in certain ways because of what it has in the actual game, so uh, yeah it, it's a lot of bad stuff going on over there. Uh, obviously, as I said, still a development story, but still just to know that this stuff is potentially going on is is not good at all to hear. Um, but go ahead, Gary, you you were going to say something.
1: Yeah. Um. Do you remember when that one guy that used to work at Naughty Dog came out and made accusations uh, against you know the the people? Oh, yeah. who yeah. Own the studio. Yep. Did, was anything confirmed after that? Like was w-
0: no? I didn't hear anything. No, else.
2: And it was only one person, by the way, that I came out and said something like that. And I think it's still developing even till now because I, I think at some point they were going to go to court or there was some sort of like suit that was going to be brought up. But the difference is here is like there's more than like 15 people that that's really the big difference and it's combination of both current and former so there could be any number of details there that we just don't know about right now
1: yeah uh, well i think that this won't hurt sony themselves in the long run but for quantic dream yeah it could possibly be a wrap for them um if you know this is confirmed to be true
3: well according to new reports that 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 are slowly coming out that they said that the employees tried to warn Cage about the misogynistic nature of the scene and that it was going to cause many people to be offended by it. But he shut down anybody's proposal and he shut down any type of, you know, argument saying that he wasn't interested in their feedback or revising anything. They also said that that is how he often ran the, 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 the job, basically that's how the job was, where you could try to talk to him, but he was, whatever he was set on, he was set on. And it sort of seemed like an obsession that he had with these misogynistic type of situations that he really enjoyed it. So I don't know whether or not that's true, but that is what sources quote unquote are saying.
2: That doesn't make sense though. Like to me, like that again, outside of the misogynistic stuff or whatever people want to interpret that as, that sounds like more is like he's the person in charge and he's just not listening to people. I don't think that's him being overtly racist or being for uh, doing any sort of like sexual harassment or anything about the picture stuff. Like to me, at that point, like he's going to put his vision out there and he's dead set and stubborn enough to put it out there in the way he wants to, and he's just not listening to people. Like that to me, that sounds a little bit contradictory or just a little bit like offset. At that point, then, you know, what, where do you really go from here until we find out more info? That, that's really the big question.
3: Right now, to me, it seems like there are things that is true, but a lot of stuff could also be exaggerated. That's what it seems to be right now. I mean, again, it's still very early.
2: Yeah, I could be with that. I, I think I, you might be right where a lot of stuff is probably exaggerated, even though there might be something there.
0: Yeah, very, very possible. But uh, as I, you know, as, as we've already said, you know, this is still a developing news story. So we will maybe talk about it in the future once we actually hear more about what is actually going on. But uh, again, for those that were impacted by this, uh, we definitely, you know, it's very unfortunate to hear about that. Apologies to those that are impacted, but hopefully, hopefully um, we w- Well, the truth is going to come out sooner or later. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens next. Um, but, uh, any final thoughts before we move on to our final topic for today? All right. So, uh, of course the, uh, final thing to discuss today, we did get news that, uh, we found out some information about the December MPDs and not surprisingly, the Xbox one has outsold the PlayStation four or uh, attached to that news is that we found out that uh PUBG, you know that that you know that the uh PUBG did come out on Xbox One in December now has uh, 3 million users on Xbox as well. And I'm pretty sure that that also is a reason why because I believe that you know during the holidays they had this whole thing where if you picked up an Xbox One X then you got PUBG free also. So a lot of that stuff contributing to the situation but uh overall just a very quick uh, question of whether or not you guys are surprised by the Xbox One X doing well. Well, Xbox in general, because Microsoft normally combines those sales with the Xbox One, the S, and the uh, the X. But any surprises that that now they've outsold PS4 in December?
3: It was also really cheap. There was a lot of huge discounts, so I'm not surprised.
0: Yeah? Yeah. Agreed. Uh Gary, any thoughts?
1: I'm not really surprised at that cuz um there wasn't really many high profile releases in December as far as I remember and uh, of course with PUBG coming out which is already like, you know, a big game on PC. So word of mouth is a big thing. So the fact that the Xbox One X came out a few months back and people have been waiting for a game to play, it made sense that, you know, that would be the month where everybody would get both PUBG g and xbox one x together so um it's not really that surprising and the switch still sold the most anyway didn't they
0: uh yeah i think the switch sales were still good um yeah the switch still sold well you know they had mario out they had a xenoblade chronicles 2 which was also out so it still sold well um we, we, we probably should say, you know, just when the one console outsells the other, doesn't mean that the other consoles are slumping either. PlayStation 4 had sales too, and that sold well also. So, um, it's it's uh, pretty sure all consoles are doing well right now, still. But, of course, Microsoft, you know, with the whole PUBG thing, and again, for those that like PUBG, uh yeah, they probably like to hear that news. You know, I haven't been playing pubg too much so i don't you know
3: That part. Okay. Did-
0: well go ahead sorry no, 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 go that ahead.
3: part did because it was very glitchy
0: well and you know that this this is true um they have released a lot of patches up to this point uh the most recent patch uh, uh you know uh, you know allowed the option for players to now use first person mode which which is which is good but uh, you know, yeah, the game is still very much need to be fixed. The frame rate issue was still bad on the Xbox One. Even if you have the Xbox One X, you still have a, a few issues with that also. But um, yeah, the game is still in preview, and and honestly, I mean, I don't want to be controversial here, but I, I'm gonna say this. You know, obviously, when the game like this comes out, you know how popular the fan base is on PC. Uh, of course, I'm not really surprised that Microsoft outsold Sony uh, in December because a lot of people are looking forward to that game and let's also, uh, address the fact that there, there have been, Microsoft did not have a good year last year for exclusive titles. So obviously when a title like this comes out, I think you have to anticipate it's going to do well. Uh, and then of course, when you add in the fact that the system was also on sale, yeah, it, it makes perfect sense to me. Uh, so not really too much of, su- of a surprise. I mean, as I said, I'm not really a huge PUBG fan, but I can understand why people like the game, and I'm happy for the developers that they're getting more people to check out their game. so that's good. But overall, not really too surprised.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. even on um, PC, PUBG isn't perfect. Like, the netcode is really bad. Like, um, sometimes it lags, sometimes it's a bit glitchy and stuff, but what really makes that game is just the encounters like the people you come across online and you know the, um just the um the thrill of trying to be the last survivor in the game like that's really what makes that game fun and worth playing but um if you're talking like you know the the technical aspects there's a lot of games that are better polished than
0: pubg Absolutely. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, Any other thoughts on this topic? You have any thoughts to share, Mr. Lugo?
2: No, not on this. I think you guys covered it pretty good.
0: Yeah. So uh, congrats to Microsoft. Uh, Hopefully 2018 will be far better for them in terms of uh, titles. I know Sea of Thieves is dropping in March, so we'll see how that turns out stated the K2 also coming out sometime this year. So uh we'll see what happens with, with Microsoft, but yeah, congrats on the Xbox sales and picking up PUBG. That was a very very good thing for them to pick up. And now we'll see how they ride out this momentum into this new year. But uh we'll see what happens. But um I believe that concludes uh our show for today. Uh I don't know if you guys had any final shout outs that you would like to give as well as any final announcements. Uh, I believe you do have some shout outs in an announcement to make as well, Mr. Lugo. So the floor is yours.
2: Yeah, sure. So big shout outs to everybody, obviously in the chat that's been watching the live show and everybody else that checks it out on the coalition YouTube channel later. We appreciate you guys uh, big shout out to the patrons always, always as obviously because you guys keep uh, showing us a lot of love, a lot of support. You keep allowing us to do all the great content that we keep trying to bring all of you. So I also want to give a big shout out and also kind of talk about this announcement that I made uh 2 days ago. Uh I'm going to give a big shout out to LumiCon, the Lumi conventions uh because I'm actually going to be a guest at LumiCon this year in October. I'm going to be a special guest, I'm going to be an industry guest for the convention. I'm going to be there talking about the games industry, talking about gaming, talking about a whole bunch of stuff what we do here on the coalition.com. But I've worked with them in the past. I've covered a lot of their events. Uh, including ShadowCon. I've covered Holiday Matsuri recently this past December and done a lot of other stuff you know, together at various events that I've worked and got, gotten coverage here on the com. But this time they decided to invite me as an actual guest you know, to be there and to speak with everybody in attendance and stuff. And it's pretty cool. I'm really excited. This is going to be the second time that I've been a guest at a convention down here locally in Florida. Uh, Lumicon is actually going to be in Tampa. It's going to be uh, three days. I believe it's the 25th, 6th, and 7th. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, there's a link that we have on the announcement that we did on the coalition. Now It has my picture and has the picture of the actual convention promo that they used for their website, it has a link to their website and a link to all their other pages that if you guys want to actually know more info about it, you guys could go there and check it out. Uh, if you're in the Tampa area in October, right before uh, Halloween, and you just got just want to come out, hang out, meet me there, check out some of the other stuff they got going on at the convention, including the final fantasy ball, which is what they're doing again this year. It should be exciting uh definitely check it out i think it's going to be really fun i think it's going to be really dope and a different type of experience for me kind of like how it was uh back in november when i was a guest at anime AY, but this is going to be a little bit bigger even though it's not a huge grant convention but nonetheless something fun for all of us to do something fun to be a part of and i'm super excited about it and i can't wait uh and finally also just shout out to everybody else That has been checking out all the stuff that we've posted up on the coalition uh, website, including all the unboxing videos I've been posting up, all the reviews we've just started out with the new year for 2018, all the other news posts that we put out, all the other content, the impressions, and the other videos that we've been posting up constantly since the start of the new year. So thank you. We appreciate it. And hopefully you guys continue to do so.
0: Absolutely. And uh, yes, congrats on going to this new show. Uh, We're looking forward to hearing more about the show and seeing how the experience is. You'll definitely have to let everybody know about that as the year goes on.
2: One thing I also, I almost forgot to mention, we're also going to have some surprise content coming up later this week uh, on some stuff that I can't talk about just yet, but we all know here, or at least some of us know here that we're going to have later on in the week, uh, some new unboxings Hopefully new some new reviews and a few other surprises, including TK spotlight, which again, I'm waiting for a couple more things to fall into place. So we could have a really big, really exciting guest on the show. So be on the lookout for all that stuff. Hopefully I get to confirm a few things in the next few days.
0: Absolutely. Yes. Be on the lookout for that. Um,
3: All right. Well, I'll, 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 I'll go next. We'll come back
0: to Dana. Uh, oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Final shout outs.
3: Final shout outs. Just you know, shout out to everyone in the chat and everyone who listens and and participates and, you know, reads the reviews and the videos that we do and, and everything else. So shout out to them and not shout out to time Warner cable, who keeps to mess up my internet service.
0: Yeah. I want to give a shout out to him also. Cause he, he's doing a horrible job with that today uh it's all good though we, we we good now uh okay so i'm gonna give a shout out to of course all the listeners uh whether they listen if you had a chance to watch the show live or you listen later we appreciate your continued support uh i want to announce the winner of the dragon ball fighter z giveaway and that is Nicholas alvarez so congrats we will be in contact All right, am I still here? Yeah, yeah, you know, you're back now, man. Yeah that's, yeah, that's crazy. I don't know what's going
2: stuff. On. Yeah, you know what I think it is. You know what I think it is. Somebody over there sleeping on the job. We need to smack him. We need to give him some uh some extra coffee. He I needs agree. To get a nice big smack over there. That's right. You heard me.
0: I agree, a hundred percent. But yeah, as I was saying, Nicholas Alvarez, congrats uh, on winning the Dragon Ball Fighter Z giveaway. We will be doing another giveaway soon. Uh, I would urge everybody to check out the website because it can happen at any time. Uh, This is a test for y'all, so make sure you keep your eyes on the site. But uh, thank you for the continued support. And, uh, Gary, the floor is yours now.
1: Yeah, so um, Nicholas Alvarez is actually one of our Patreon supporters. So, yeah, big shouts to all of our Patreon supporters, and I'm going to list them all now. So, shouts to M. Collins, Sean Gorty, Stephen Ferron, Mauricio Aguilar, Himdil, Fergus Mills, Lelo and Leslie, Nicholas Alvarez, and Miguel. Thanks for your continued support, and shouts to everyone who joined us in the chat today to interact with us live on the show. Um, I saw a couple new faces in there as well. Um, shouts to Fox Mamba. Um, she was very vocal during the the conversation about David Cage, so big shouts to her. And uh, I also want to... Um, acknowledge Tatiana, our staff member, because she was at CES, and um, she saw a lot of cool stuff over there, and I think she'll be having some content up on the site this week, so look out for that.
0: Absolutely. Yes, so once again, thank you for the continued support, and we'll talk to you all next week.